Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 69 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, and I am so happy that you are joining me here today, along with our very special guest host, Miss Amy Milsick. Amy, how are you doing? I'm great, Pam. How are you doing? I am doing well. We are rocking and rolling along with our homeschool. How about you? Pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, it's we have a pretty erratic schedule with the competitive soccer, but we're moving and grooving, so I can't complain. Good. You know, I find that early fall is like, that's when we get the most done. I like to front load my school year and just power through because we just get so much more done then. So do we. Exactly the same thing here. I think that's probably a fairly standard kind of pattern for most homeschoolers. You do pretty well until you get to that first little lull in November and the holidays start happening. And I think that pretty much derails it for a lot of us. And it's hard to get back on track. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a good idea to get it in there while you can. Exactly, exactly. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about your guest this week. You interviewed Jennifer Brockman, and uh, in addition to her other children, she's homeschooling a child with Down syndrome. Yes, Jennifer was just absolutely lovely to chat with and shared about her large family life with homeschooling and how she also homeschools a child with Down syndrome and shares their story, their homeschooling adventures, and gives tips for listeners who uh, might want to learn more about that. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful resource for parents who maybe have special needs children and thought, could I ever homeschool? So we'll get on with this conversation right after this word from our sponsor. Have you ever been stuck on how to bring your lessons to life? Then you need KiwiCo, a monthly subscription which has delivered millions of hands-on projects that make learning fun. Their core offering are projects that make learning about STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, accessible and are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning. Some recent favorites in our household are the Slime Lab, a hydraulic claw, and the geometric drawing machine. KiwiCo was founded by engineer and mom of three, Sandra Olin, and her deep desire to raise kids with the creative confidence needed to become the next generation of problem solvers and critical thinkers. I couldn't agree more with their mission, and I am excited to be able to offer you the chance to try them for free. To learn more about their projects for kids of all ages and to redeem this exclusive offer, visit KiwiCo.com slash educational snapshots to get your first month free today. Just pay $4.95 for shipping. That's KiwiCo.com slash educational snapshots for your free offer. And now, on with the podcast. Jennifer Brockman is a former public school science teacher who now homeschools her own seven children. She uses her blog, Camp Homeschool, and her YouTube channel, A Country Life, to share about large family life, Down syndrome awareness, and growing cranberries. Jennifer joins us on this episode to give us a little peek into her homeschool day. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Amy. I'm so excited to talk to you today. You have so many wonderful things going on to share with us. Can you tell us a little bit about your family? Sure. 
Well, like you said, my name is Jennifer, and I've been married to my husband, Warren, for 21 years now, I think. That is just hard to believe. But anyways, we have seven children, and I'll just uh, list them. So we have Emily, she's, oh, excuse me, we have Emily, she's 20, Nick is 19, Amber is 16, Sam is 14, Joseph is nine, he's our little guy with Down syndrome, Peter is six, and Maria is four. And we actually are kind of in our birthday season, as we call it. We have five birthdays here within about seven weeks or so. A bunch of those kids are going to be turning the next age here really quick. <laughs> wow. Uh, we have seasons like that, too, although we only have five boys. But it seems like it all hits at once, and there's so much fun and excitement. And then, <laughs> yeah, congratulations and, on the 21 yeah. years. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So what made you decide to homeschool? Well, it's, you know, I'll try to just kind of sum it up because there's so many different things that really played into it. So first off, you know, I, I was a school teacher and so I had that background and it, it didn't seem daunting to me to take on the task of schooling our children. But even with that, there still were some things that we had to kind of think about a little bit. But what really happened is that our daughter, her birthday's in September, and so she turned five past the cutoff for going to kindergarten. And I just remember thinking, boy, I've got this one last year with her. And I thought, I'm just not ready to give her up yet. <laughs> um, and so we just kind of started, I started checking out books from the library because that's what I do. I just went on and every single book that I could find in our interlibrary loan, I checked out and I would get these piles of like 20 homeschooling books and I would just read through them. And it just kind of started to sound like a good fit. And then also kind of in tandem as to when this was going on, there was a lady that I knew. I, I really don't even know her name at this point here anymore, but I just kind of knew her through some other friends and they homeschooled. It was the only person that I ever knew. You know, this was like, well, our daughter is 20, so this was 15 years ago. Uh, she was the only person I knew that homeschooled. And I remember meeting her kids at a park one day, and I just went away from that thinking, boy, they're really polite and well-mannered people. I, I almost didn't even think of them as children. They were just these great people. And I thought maybe homeschooling helped with that. I, I really didn't know, but I thought it's worth a try. And then also in tandem with that, with our business, um, Cranberry Farming, we don't really get to take summer vacation at all. So I thought if we're on the typical school schedule, we're going to have time off during our extremely busy season. And so it just kind of fit with our, our lifestyle too. And all those things kind of came together to result in that very first year of homeschooling. At that point, we just said, let's just take it year by year. And each year, we just kind of kept on adding another child into the group of homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And here we are, all these years later, two high school graduates, five more in homeschool. <laughs> wow. that And it makes sense, too, when you have that atypical schedule with farming. And then when you had that interaction with the family and just the positive there, why you'd give it a try and how you've made it work this long. So if you were walking down the aisle of a homeschool vendor hall and turned the corner and met a younger version of yourself, what would you tell her? Oh, I would just look at her and say, stay flexible. <laughs> Girl, you have to stay flexible because every day, every week, every homeschooling year, every unit plan, every everything is just different. There is just never 
two days alike in homeschooling. And I don't think I necessarily knew that at the beginning, coming off of being a school teacher where your day is pretty, you know, it's perfectly scheduled out. Distractions are pretty much to a minimum, but boy, that is not homeschooling. (laughs) So just stay flexible. I feel like homeschool moms, we often have to be like Gumby, you know, it's like you can be so bendable and just kind of go with it. So yeah, flexible, that's great advice. Yes. Actually, we just saw The Incredibles, was that Incredibles 2 that was just out in the theater? And my little boy, so Joseph, he's been calling me Elastigirl. (laughs) And I'm not really sure if it's because I'm always moving and stretching to try to reach him or what exactly it is. But it's just kind of been funny. And I thought, you know, that really fits because I'm constantly having to stretch myself to reach everybody and stay in, you know, in with whatever everybody is doing. You just always have to kind of be flexible. Absolutely. And you mentioned that you've read a lot of homeschool books. Who would you say is your homeschool hero? I wish when I read a book, I would remember the authors, but I just don't. I don't know why that is. I just always am forgetting authors. But as far as homeschool hero, I I would say just all of those parents and all the families that kind of started this homeschooling trend. When I first started homeschooling, like I said, I only knew one other person and I didn't even really know them. And so I think just the fact that there's all these other homeschooling parents that have kind of paved the way for us to do what we're doing today and to make it not quite so countercultural as it once was, I just hats off to them because they really had it hard. I think our times, we have blogs and vlogs and books and the internet and homeschool groups to just kind of keep us going and to help us through kind of some of those trials. But I I don't think they had that 20 years ago. I, you know, I don't think there was quite the, quite the movement like we have now. Yes, those trailblazers just made it amazing for all of us today. And so fill in the blank, if my grown child blank, I will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom. Hmm. Probably never stops learning. I, I I really want my kids, you know, we're, we come out of high school and we think we know everything, but we don't. <laughs> and so I'm hoping that what I've really instilled in my kids is just the, the ability and the desire to keep on learning, to seek out new information, new things, start new hobbies and not be afraid to start something new and to really just want to learn something new. I th- I think that that would be that would be a success. Yeah, raising lifelong learners, huh? Because <laughs> I agree there's school and then there's life and school prepares you for the academic and then you have the whole wide world out there. So, how do you fix a homeschool day gone bad? We just get outside. Yeah stop what we're doing. You know, it, there there's bad and then there's way off course. So if it's just a, just a general bad, like someone has a little bit of a bad attitude, well, you know, we might just have to have a little talk and say, you know what, you need to kind of get it together and we're going to forge forward. But if it's just everybody and we really can't put our finger on why it's gone so wrong, <laughs> then we just say, all right, outside let's get outside, jump on the trampoline. If it's, you know, the warm months, go for a walk, just do something outside and burn off some energy. Because a lot of times, you know, you're kind of, especially in Wisconsin here, we're cooped up for a lot of the, a lot of months out of the year. And so just getting outside, even if it's cold, just helps us to kind of clear our head and 
come back into the house and just kind of be right with one another again. Oh, yes, definitely. That fresh air can do wonders. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious about this. With a large family and having that atypical schedule with farming, are you a planner or do you tend to fly by the seat of your pants? Mm, I do both. I plan a lot in my head. I like when I, when I'm doing things like especially in the summer here gardening or if I'm doing laundry or I'm having a cooking day, I kind of do a lot of this internal um almost having a conversation with myself about how things are going to go or how things are going to happen whether it's you know, homeschool planning, or it's just maybe a vacation planning or whatever it might be. And I I do a lot of that in my head. I don't always write a lot of it down until the very last minute. My husband would absolutely agree with that. The very last minute is when I'm finally writing things down, finally doing the grocery shopping that even though it could have gotten done earlier, but it just, there's so many things pulling all the time. So there just always isn't time to be such a perfectly, have such a perfect, well laid out plan on paper. So, but kind of both, a lot in my head. And then maybe I write it down much, much, much later. Do you have a specific way of, do you have an app or anything? Or do you use a specific planner or anything? Oh, gosh, no. No, no. So mostly it's just in your head and then scrap paper or something and you get it out later like that scrap paper. I try not for scrap paper because boy, I've gotten myself into plenty of plenty of trouble doing that, doing it that way. What I like is to just have a notebook. So I have one notebook that I just keep going. And I mean, I have my notebook right here. And on one page, I have a Dollar Tree list of things to get. And on another page, I have homeschooling curriculum ideas and how I'm going to continue to teach counting up to 100. So it it just has everything. It's kind of my, my dumping ground. But as long as I have that notebook, I know I can kind of refer back to it. I, that, I guess that's it. I am not an app person. I've tried to use some of the tools on my laptop. But again, I just would much rather have paper and a nice, smooth writing ink pen. <laughs> I understand. And if that system works for you, I'm, I'm all for it because I, everybody does differently. And I think that we all function in different ways. And some people have all of the apps and different tools like that. And sometimes just a simple spiral notebook does the job. That's exactly. I've seen some beautiful planners out there at different um, like homeschool uh, websites and things. And just beautiful. I mean, they just look like they would plan out every part of your life. And I just hesitate to make the purchase because I, I just don't think that I would use something that's so detailed. I need just a good old blank page where I can just dump the thoughts. <laughs> I understand. I am also in <laughs> a big fan of brain dumps. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, what would your kids say is the best part about being homeschooled? Probably, I would say that they, they probably would just say that there's no real homework. There's things that they have to be, you know, get done during the day. But for the most part, their evenings are free to do other things. You know, they don't have that uh, stress of having to go off to a 4-H meeting and then come home and, you know, do two or three hours with the homework. So I, I would say that that's probably what they would think is the best part. And what would they say is the worst part? Oh, absolutely. It's sibling distractions. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's hard. It is definitely hard. <laughs> You know, I think when you're together that much and for that long of time, I think it's kind of like this, it's truly a love-hate relationship. They love each other to death. And when that's happening, wow, I love just standing back and watching it unfold because you, you just couldn't even make it up. It just looks so great. But wow, 
when they're ready to fight, they're ready. (laughs) And they know how to push each other's buttons because they're together so much. They know what's kind of bothering the other one. They, They know that. And they are kids. I mean, they're good kids, but they're still kids. And they do like to push each other's buttons. So I, I, I would definitely say that. And especially back to the sibling distraction part, just our older kids trying to get their schoolwork done and having younger siblings who want to play or be goofy or be loud or all the things that little kids do. I know that that's, that gets annoying to them. Yeah. What would you say is the best part about homeschooling? Oh, just being together all the time. And likewise, I would say that's the worst part. It It is the best and the worst all at the same time because, I, like I like to say to people when they're like, oh, you, you guys much, must work so well together. I'm like, well, we do work really well together. But there's also times when we really don't work well together, you know, because you're just together all the time. So you said you have a son, Joseph, who has Down syndrome. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's like to homeschool him? Well, it's... It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And the rewards, they're, they're just so great. Homeschooling a child with special needs is not that much different than homeschooling any other child. Because like the great thing about homeschooling is that we can adapt it to meet the needs of each of our children. And so homeschooling was just a great fit for us with Joseph too, because I kind of already had that whole be flexible mantra going through my brain. And so I knew that homeschooling him, I was I was just going to have to stay flexible, just like with the other kids. We have two kids that have dyslexia. And so that kind of also prepared me for this whole thing because I had to learn how to be flexible and try out new curriculums and realize that things might not happen on my timetable that they were going to happen more on their timetable. And so Joseph just, he just really fits right in with the rest of us. He he has things that he's really good at. He has things that he really struggles with. He has little quirks that we all laugh about. And he has some great strengths and makes us all feel special too. So it's, it's been a joy. I won't lie though, it is hard, but it has been a joy overall. And what have your kids um, your other kids gain from having their brother as part of the homeschool. Oh gosh, this is, ooh, this is where it starts to get a little bit emotional. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, boy, you know, oh, that is just hard. Okay, I need to talk through the emotions here. So, the other kids, I think, have really learned how to be patient because. They have to be. There's things that are harder for him to understand. Just in general, everyday life. It's Joseph. Can you go get that green laundry basket? And he looks at you. And we say, Joseph, we know you know what a laundry basket is. And we know you know the color green. Can you go get the laundry basket? And it's easy to want to get frustrated. But it's it's lovely when I see my kids stop and just be patient with him. And I know that they're learning a skill that's going to really carry with them the rest of their life. I think they've also learned to be encouraging. Joseph is just like the king of wanting encouragement. If if we say, go, 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 Joseph, or we start clapping for him, or we say, good job, or we say, he is the first one to put his fists up in the air and give a big fist pump and clap his hands and come and high five us. And so I think just that he loves to be encouraged helps my kids want to encourage. And 
that, again, is just such a beautiful thing to see. On the flip side, they've also learned to protect their stuff. (laughs) This is kind of a funny story. Last year, Amber had, she's our 16-year-old, and she had a geometry notebook. And one day, it turned up missing. And she's like, Mom, I can't find my geometry notebook. And I'm like, well, of course, it's probably in a backpack someplace, or you misplaced it, or you did your homework in your you know, you did your schoolwork in your bedroom. No, 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 no. I always do it at the table. Okay, well, you know, look through your stuff again, right? And we kind of go through this and we can't find the notebook. The next day, it's still missing. Well, a few days later, I thought, I wonder if Joseph took it and put it in his backpack because he's known to take things and tuck it inside his backpack and just carry it around for days before anybody knows. And so We go and we look in the backpack, and sure enough, there's her geometry notebook, and he's got little scribbles in it and stuff, and so, okay, we tell him, Joe, you know, you can't have that backpack, or you can't have her notebook, that's Amber's. We put it back, two days later, her notebook is missing again. For some reason, he just took to that geometry notebook and wanted it so badly, and it was kind of a source of frustration for Amber, but at the same time, we all just laughed about it, because we're like... Why, she's like, why in the world do you want geometry, Joe? <laughs> she's like, be glad that you don't have to do that. <laughs> and it went on for a number of weeks, actually, I think until the end of the school year. She had to just like protect that notebook with her life because she's like, my postulates and my theorems are in there. I can't, I can't lose it. <laughs> and so that's one thing. They have learned that they have to protect their stuff because anything that they seem to think is pretty fun, he'll kind of latch on like, ooh, they like that. I think I'm going to go take that and hide it for a while. So he's taught us a lot of things. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. Like the patience. And I love the encouragement. I think that probably goes both ways too, huh? Like he probably is very encouraging of others too. So he is. He really is. He loves when somebody does well. A couple of our boys BMX race. And when they come back, no matter if they get first place or third place or whatever, they come back and Joe's there. He's high-fiving them and good job. And he's just an encourager. And it's just a beautiful thing. That's so cool. What are some books or resources you can recommend for a mom of a special needs kid who's thinking about homeschooling or just getting started? There really are not a lot of books out there that are specific to Down syndrome. I have run run across a few different books that that are more specific to just kind of like special needs. A lot of times dealing with like autism or ADD or something like that. But there are a very few books. There's kind of a series called, uh, I think it's called Developing Fine Motor Skills in a Child with Down Syndrome. And then they have a Gross Motor Skills There's a teaching math, and there's also a teaching reading. And I have had all four of those books, a couple of them I own, and a couple I've checked out from the library. They're not the kind of book that you usually read through cover to cover, but they really have a lot of great ideas. Like when, especially in like the fine motor skill, when we were working with Joseph and holding a pencil, I remember referring back to that book to get some ideas of like different ways to strengthen his fingers and different pencil grips that were out there and things like that. So the books have just lots and lots of ideas in them, but definitely online. I mean, just Google searching, whatever it is you're looking for, putting the words Down syndrome in there or special needs. That honestly is how I get a lot of new ideas. And and on your YouTube channel, A Country Life, you also share about your homeschool journey and including tips with Down syndrome and dyslexia, right? 
Yes, I haven't so much with the dyslexia, but I have really with the Down syndrome. I've talked a lot about teaching reading to a child with Down syndrome, kind of how we go about it, different ways I've adapted curriculum uh, to just make it work better for us. So yeah, I do have some a few resources on the YouTube channel as well. well that, that's helpful. Thank you. We'll make sure that we put that in the show notes too, so that everyone can check that out. Sure. Thank you. Uh, what are some ways in which you've adapted your homeschooling style for your growing family? Definitely, again, just kind of being flexible. I think in when I just had smaller children and they were, you know, fairly close in age and there were like three or four of them at the time, we did a lot of homeschooling together. So yeah, I would really just encourage other moms out there to do as much as you can together when you can do it. But then as our kids grew and, you know, the the age spread and then also their knowledge and their ability to learn things also, that kind of like has a bigger gap in it too from older to younger. Then we had to start doing things more separate. So that's when I got my older kids a little bit more doing like more independent work and then I kind of still work with the younger kids. You know, I have the, the three littler ones. We kind of work together in the older ones. They're um, much more independent now. So we just kind of had to, you know, every year is different with homeschooling. That's the great thing is that you don't always realize what you're doing differently each year until the year's end. And you're like, oh, I see how, how I made this year work compared to the year before. And sometimes it's hard to put your finger on exactly the changes that you make, because they're kind of gradual. But yeah, just again, just being flexible, really, that would be it. Just be flexible. Yeah. And then taking that that step back and looking at what's worked and maybe what's not worked and, and right. adjusting accordingly. <laughs> right. Yes. That is my mantra. Adjust and move on. I say that all the time, even doing driver's ed with our, our, our newest driver. She would make a mistake and I would say, that's all right. Just adjust and move on. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's now time in our chat to do our fast five, which is when you say the first thing that comes to your mind for these five questions. Okay. All right. The so number one, you just received an Amazon gift card. What are you spending it on? Oh, a fake ficus tree. That is so cool. Is that for like your home or... Yes, I want to add some greenery actually to our schoolroom, but we have a door. It, it's kind of where you come in from the garage. And so a real ficus tree is kind of finicky. And I think that the leaves would just fall off like in the winter as we're opening and closing the door all the time. So I'd like to get a fake one, even though I know it would be, I just think it would look prettier with a real. But anyways, that was the question. And that's my answer. I know it's crazy. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> What's your favorite family game night game? Okay, I'm going to say them really fast because there's so many. Okay. Scrabble, Uno, Chronology, Catchphrase, and Kickball. I can't limit it to just one because everybody likes something different. Oh, yes, when you have a large family, it's hard, to, it's hard to pick just one. What's the best way to spend the day with your kids? Swimming. What are you reading right now? I'm reading The Great Gatsby. I, I'm not sure if it's my favorite book, honestly. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I read that in high school, and then I reread that a year or two ago, and okay. totally different. Yes, I agree. Not sure where I am with that one. <laughs> my husband and my daughter, they both really enjoyed it and just read through it really fast, and so I was reading it when they read it. This was probably already a few years ago, and I I just couldn't even get past probably page 40 or 50. I, it just, I was losing interest, and I picked it up again because I said, I'm going to read this book, and so... I'm getting close to being done. Yay. And that's actually, that's a good thing. 
The last question. I've got to have blank to get me through the day. This is so easy. Lip gloss. Lip gloss. <laughs> nice. I even have some right here. I mean, right as I'm doing this interview with you, <laughs> I have lip gloss in my hand. Do you have a favorite type that you like? No. no. It's all it's it's all good. <laughs> I like it all. Mm-hmm. Well, Jennifer, it was so lovely chatting with you today. Can you share with us where we can find you online? The best place would probably be A Country Life, and that would be my YouTube channel. There I share all kinds of things from, from our large family life, all the way from homeschooling to day in the life vlogs, lots and lots on cooking for a large family. And that's probably the most active place that I am right now online. Also, my blog, which is Camp Homeschool. And that is still one of those old sites. It's a blog spot. So it's camphomeschool.blogspot.com. There I have all kinds of stuff on homeschooling and Down syndrome from probably about a year or two ago. I have just a lot of information there getting started with homeschooling in the early years. And then also people can reach out at my Facebook page. Again, it's Camp Homeschool. And there you can message me if you want to, if you have questions about homeschooling and Down syndrome. I love talking with other people and just kind of connecting. And I love hearing other parents' stories of homeschooling their child with Down syndrome. And I also just love answering questions for people that are just kind of getting started. Well, thank you so much. It was wonderful getting to know more about you and getting a peek in your homeschool. Thanks for joining us today, Jennifer. Yes, thank you, Amy. It was great to be with you. Okay, take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. What a wonderful lady to chat with. If you'd like links to any of the books and resources that Jennifer and I chatted about today, you can find them in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Those are at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP69. I'm really looking forward to some more great homeschool chats with other moms who encourage, inspire, and motivate. Until then, rock your homeschool.